Let's wrap this mission up. Prepare for docking. Roger! What was that? Is it the Exia again? No, it isn't. A formation of ten. Those aren't Gundams? What's going on here? And they're emitting GN particles. Could it be they're members of Celestial Being too? Chobo Jinx team, commence offensive maneuvers. These babies are precious. Don't let them get wrecked. Attack! What is with their mobility? What superb performance. This machine is amazing! And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast, where Kinoe is finally dead. My name is Jeremy. I've recently been upgraded with a solar reactor. I'm Tyler. She finally did the thing I remember her for. My name is Zach. I'm so, sorry, you remember her for dying? So, yes. So literally every time we've recorded a podcast about Gundam Double O at your house, Tyler... Zach has said the sentence, I'm pretty sure Kinoe dies next episode. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not until like the end of the first half. And Zach's like, no, I remember her dying. And I didn't get that far. I'm pretty sure it happens next episode. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> I, I don't remember like any of the previous arc, but I remember her dying. Uh, well, here we are. Now she is. Now she, she is did her dead. trick. Spoilers. Yeah. Spo- spoilers are about... 15 uh this episode minutes that's probably going to translate into like 40 us talking to you minutes so yeah don't be a woman who knows saji crossroad yeah (laughs) i guess um i didn't really make that connection but yeah that woman he got louise's hospital information from she just got cancer (laughs) the dude is not having a good week i was also going to say alternatively just don't be someone who knows saji because Literally all he knows are women, so uh, we have he seen... He knows a- Setsuna. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, all the way around, disaster happened to Louise. Kinoe kind of ran into this one. It's Saji. He's that anti-rabbit's foot. What is an anti-rabbit so that he can get its no, foot? No, the thing is, the rabbit's foot that we always associate with it is the right of the rabbit's foot. Uh, so the, the anti-rabbit's foot. foot is the left one, yes. Okay, it's like anti-clockwise. Sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just rotate the rabbit the other way. Uh, so yeah, Saji has having a bad time. His girlfriend got Gundam last week. I guess that was two weeks ago. And then she dumped him. She didn't dump him. She did. I guess that's this episode that she promises to catch up to him in space. She did send him home. Yeah, I was going to say, she's like, you should dump me. But then Saji didn't want to do it. So he just kind of left. I think is what happened, so... They're just going long distance now. They're on a break. Meanwhile, Setsuna was like, you know what? I don't like druggies code red. We should discontinue them. <laughs> and Tiario was like, I agree with you, Setsuna. And he's like, that's weird. <laughs> and everybody was confused. And then Lockon was like, yeah, let's have friendship about it. But then the druggies are like, you should actually murder each other because you all have tragic backstories. So they went to their island base and had a reasonable discussion about it and became friends afterwards. 
And if Setsuna was old enough and they worked on a deserted island, I'm pretty sure that would have ended with Lockon buying them both beers. <laughs> yeah, it is it is very strange in which we had a, a Gundam related inter you know interpersonal inter conflict. conflict yeah. that didn't actually result in violence and they worked it out like adults. Yeah, that's because uh, Gundam is usually about shitty teenagers becoming less shitty people, but unfortunately one of them's Lockon, who is almost thirty. So <laughs> You know, there was a time in which I looked at it and was like, man, these characters are so old. They're all older than me. And now I'm like, man, Lockon's almost 30. He's younger than me. Yeah, he's uh, what a whippersnapper. <laughs> he has his whole life ahead of him. <laughs> all right. So do we want to get into it then? We are watching episode 20 this week, The Blade of Reformation. Oh, also, we forgot about the military grade dildos. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, those become relevant this episode. No, you know, no, military grade butt plugs. Yes. Thank you. A bunch of military leaders teamed up and went to Antarctica to observe some military-grade butt plugs. And we're very impressed by them. Yes. Like, ooh, yes, I would like to buy these for my arms. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got 30 of them, which seems a little overkill if you ask me. They I got... don't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's well, and remember, they got 30 of them that they all had to share. That is, yeah, they did have to share. So that's why one of them put it on as real, though. So if you'd like to watch along, you can on Hulu or Crunchyroll or the DVDs. Um, and not some other sites, despite um, any of the implications that we would have given by the recent conversation. <laughs> I'm sure you can find something. Yeah, that's fair. Gundam Double D. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up at the airport where Saji is just sending email after email to Louise, I presume. He's not sending them. I feel like he's going back through his History. backlog with, yeah. with her. Although since this isn't translated in any way... It's, yeah, it's hard to know. I assume it's, he's going through his text message history with her. That makes sense. Then he has a flashback to something I feel like we should have seen last episode. Yeah. Where he's talking to a nurse and he's like, why won't our fancy future regeneration treatment work on her hand? Which has never been mentioned before. So unless this is Chekhov's regeneration for later in the series, I don't see why we needed to mention it at all. I think it's just medical technology has advanced. We got over the stem cell bullshit. and Now we have magic healing powers. It's great. But they won't work on Louise because she's got tragically injured. That's kind of what she says. Saji is like, why can't it work? So the nurse is like. Well, it's because she was tragically injured as part of a plot point, so... You should probably blame the Gundams for it. It seems like it's their fault. It's something about the Gundam's beam weapon. Which, you know, they give off weird particles. Okay, sure, I buy that. But I feel like that was unnecessary fluff. Yeah, what we haven't learned yet and are about to is all the Gundamisters are impotent because of piloting <laughs> the Gundams. That's why they need those weapons great butt plugs. To feel something. <laughs> I wish you hadn't made that joke, Tyler, because now it's going to constantly stick. That's exactly why I did. So Sashi is sad and misses his train to the airport. And then he gets a message from Louise. Be like, hey, get going. I'll catch up with you in space. Don't be sad. You have to go home. I'll catch up. Wait for me. In space. And then it's a tsunami bumper about space. It's the place. <laughs> the final frontier. Outer space. <laughs> So after the opening, we cut to the United Nations, where the long-nosed member of the, Europe <laughs> the Council of Advanced Europeans has ascended to greatest advanced European and is teaming <laughs> up with the president and the leader of the Human Reform League to announce their cool UN-led anti-celestial being task force. In this shot, he looks so shifty. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought he looked shifty the entire time. <laughs> well, I mean, he always does, but here... 
He looks like just super shifty, <laughs> like he's planning something. Like my machinations have finally come to fruition. I think part of it is the angle they have him looking off at, because the other well, two are looking more or less straight ahead, and he's like looking off to the side. And he's like, well, yeah, he, he kind of has the the uh, the, the worm the, tongue look to him because he's like smirk. hunched over and kind of away from the other two. I, I think do, it's mostly a, a camera angle thing. I do also like that the then cut and the rest of the uh, council is just sitting there being like, yeah, you go, Lon Nose. You did good. Do you think they drew straws? I assume there was some sort of electoral process for this, but I don't know. We don't actually care about the politics of these countries. So the UN has gone from celestial beings seems cool as long as they don't fuck with us to we must destroy them. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a interesting thing that they are all presently just standing there like holding hands while this dude is announcing this it looks but like they're all putting their hand over a bible i was thinking they're doing that thing from Yu-Gi-Oh where they like draw on each other's hands with pen <laughs> so <laughs> so the un starts to clap especially alejandro corner and a reporter gives us the details about how the three blocks are going to contribute all their military might but the un will be in control so that uh the princess Marina Ismail can uh, get this information because she's not at the UN. So do we think this is Corner's plan is like, yes, I want the UN to have control of this because it means I have control over it, kind of. I don't think so. I think it's a little bit that, but I also think it was Celestial Beings plan as Marina Ismail is about to say, ah, oh, they've played into Celestial Beings hands. They actually just wanted to unite the world the entire time. But I do think Alejandro is like, yes, my trap card. My machinations are great, and that guy looks so shifty, everyone will blame him. <laughs> 37 carriers, 75 Aegis ships, and more than 1,600 mobile suits. 30 of which matter. <laughs> so Marina is like, ah, uniting the world is one with celestial beings' goal. I wonder if you're happy with this outcome, Setsuna. Maybe you should come to my room one night and we can talk about it. That was weird. But I would <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. May, maybe stick around a little bit longer than just ditching me before I get an answer to you. I'm like Jafar, make us pancakes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Gundam Meister Island, where the three Gundam Meisters who are there, everyone but Alejandro. Hallelujah. Nope, everyone but Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, Alejandro's not there either, but. <laughs> are like, hey, we finally cleared phase one of the plan. Which seems to confirm what Marina said. Yeah. yeah. It sucks that Druggies Code Red were responsible, but at least we did it. What is phase two? I feel like phase one is unite the world. Phase two is get them prepared for an alien attack. Phase three is question mark, question mark, question mark. Phase four is profit and or sentence of humanity. I mean, you're not very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there are some details you're missing, but... Tierra basically just goes over and is like, well, the Trinities did all kinds of damage to the military's bases and infrastructure. So even if the armies are united, they can't really take us. So why did they bother uniting is more his point. Like they can't do anything about us in their present state. So why have they done this? So Setsuna points out again, like something else is pulling the strings. There's something else going on. And Tiara is like, yeah. The fact that Veda's data has been altered and we didn't know anything about the Trinity, something weird is going on. I can't help but feel uneasy. And there's a close-up on his mouth as he says that, which is important. Do you understand why Lockon then just goes, I? Uh, because he uses Boku, which is... No, he uh, uses Watashi. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Which, if you're like, I'm not that much of a weeb, what the fuck are you guys talking <laughs> about? Uh, he normally uses Boku. Okay. I, I must have gotten that backwards. Which is a masculine way of saying I. It's what like usually like a teenager would say. 
Watashi is what a young woman would say if she was referring to herself as I. That's weird because Tiaria seems to be a dude, but also has consistently referred to himself with male pronouns up until this point. Watashi is also a truncation of the very formal Watarashi, so there's also that. I don't know if it's supposed to imply something in that direction. Well, I learned something I'm going to forget in about 15 minutes. Yeah, that's because Japanese is incredibly complex, so... Yeah, Slack on our Discord was talking about how one of Tiari's themes is gender. I would kind of dispute that and say Tiari's theme is more identity, but certainly gender is a big part of that, and he goes through stuff on that. It's really hard to translate a bunch of this into English to the point where the dub doesn't even bother. They change Lock-On's line to, is that so? Which is not <laughs> even close. So it's an interesting bit, and Lock-On seems to pick up on it. Setsuna either doesn't or does not care about the gender identity of his fellow pilots, all these ending war. I don't think he catches it, really. Like, Setsuna can be perceptive, but I don't think that's something that he picks up on. But Lock-On decides not to press Tiari on it. Well, because they also get a message from uh, Sumeragi, and for some reason, Setsuna feels the need to... Uh, Spell out her full name. Like, these two don't know who she is. <laughs> He's just, you know, very military in that way. And she's but, like, hey, Gundam boys, come back to space with your robots. But, like, he's never referred to her in that fashion before. True. So we cut up to the Ptolemaeus, where Sumeragi's like, well, now we just have to see what the UN does. And Ian's like, you have a tactical forecast ready, though, right? And Sumeragi's like, well, I think we have time to pre prepare. Why don't you go take Lassie and get the GN arms he wants? We need new <laughs> toys before the season is over. Whatever the hell the GN arms are. Well, Lassie has talked about them a bunch. He's super excited for them. They're going to be the coolest toy. And Lassie really wants one. So he goes with Ian to pick one up from Target. So Lassie is excited and is like, yeah, we'll finally have a reason to deploy this stuff. Great. Cut to Illinois, our favorite state, where Bandage Billy is doing some typing. And Graham comes in and is like, hey, how's reverse engineering that beam saber I Bradley stole going? And, and Billy's like, well, it turns out it doesn't even matter because military grade what bugs. And Graham's like, what was that? He's like, <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a traitor in Celestial Being. <laughs> and uh, they gave us a bunch of engines. 30 of the engines the Gundams use. And some mobile suits to install them in. Man, if I were Graham, I'd be so like, on the one hand, cool. On the other hand, fucking hell, I went through all that effort to get that stupid beam saber, and now it's not even relevant. Well, I feel like the beam saber is still relevant. Like, I don't know. That seems pretty useful, and then the surprise, none of them use one. We actually see a couple of the people use one in the upcoming fight. Do we? I thought yeah. we only saw guns. The GNXs have one. Okay. Canonically, the... Union will be ahead of the other two blocks in mobile suit development because they got, specifically because of the beam rifle they're able to recover that Graham Aker cut off. But, ah. so it matters a little bit, but Graham Aker did the coolest shit ever, and then Santa showed up, and this gave him, <laughs> he tried all the, just gave everybody the loot he worked so hard for from that raid boss. And Bill is like, yeah, 30 machines. That's why they could make the fancy statement at the UN. To kind of back up what the Meisters were just talking about, of how, like, why can they use this or make this statement? And Billy's like, yeah, the pilots or the machines will probably be the 10 guys that are still alive in Overflags, Graham. It was, <laughs> it was, um, when he says this, my first thought was, like, because they mentioned 30 machines, it was like, so they gave them 30 each? But no, it's, it's 10 each. Uh, just the way Billy words it here makes it sound like all 30 pilots are going to be drawn from the Union. 
And Graham, you will, of course, be the captain. And Graham is like, I refuse. I made a very shonen vow. I must defeat Gundams and flags. And I've proven I can do it. I mean, to be fair, you also did it to probably the worst pilots out there. He doesn't know that. <laughs> no. And Graham has a moment of, oh, boy, you're stubborn. And then he's like, well, actually, I have a plan. You're a pain in the ass, but okay. I'll work something out. You mean Billy? Yeah. Yeah. Cut to the Human Reform League, Southern Russia military base, where, hey, it's Sergei and Soma. Sergei and his daughter are with that commander guy who initially assigned her to him. And they're like, these are the fancy new mobile suits that Santa gave us. So Sergei's like, that's the main engine for them, that butt plug? (laughs) And the commander's like, not, no, it's a GN drive. We can't call him that on the show. Especially not here in China, Russia. Uh, and especially not in front of Soma. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give her any weird ideas. The captain clarifies that each block got 10 GN drives. And he's like, Captain Smirnov, you will be in charge of selecting pilots. You must select Soma, though. Lieutenant Colonel. <laughs> oh, you're right. He is Lieutenant Colonel. Soma Pierce is mandatory on this mission. She cannot be changed. <laughs> well, she, she first asks for permission to pilot one of the new ones. And he's like, yeah, you're like, like Jeremy just said, you are a required pilot on this mission. Because you fuck up the one with the weird shield stabby claw thing. The winged one. (laughs) The legged one. So we have to take advantage of that. Also, you're clearly our best pilot. And Sergei is like, I wanted to keep my daughter out of the combat. Oh, well. I wanted the cool. Oh, wait, I can give myself one, too. It's fine. (laughs) Cut to, and I will probably give spoilers here for my one of my high points. Probably my favorite scene in this episode. Oh, yeah, it rules. Cut to Cotty Monikin's house, where she's just chilling in her very nice bed. I guess she's a high-ranking military officer, where she's like, man, I need to pick the pilots for our cool new mobile suits. The question is, should I pick him? Now, do we think him here is Patrick Colasar, yes. <laughs> or do we think him here is Gary whatever the fuck Ali Sanchez's fake name is? Be- or do you think she's trying to decide between the two? Well, because do I... Do I take the competent guy who's clearly going to stab us in the back and is crazy or the fucking idiot who's loyal? <laughs> I, I feel like she's in, she's thinking about Patrick Colasar because uh, Sanchez isn't like Sanchez wasn't really attached to her during that whole affair. Yeah, he's in a PMC, I think. Um, well, he's been attached to the French Foreign Legion, as we'll find out. And that's yeah. why he has the code name. And he went to the French guy and got the plasma spider to try to murder Setsuna with. But, like, I, I feel like she's referring to Kalasar in part because she has had direct interactions with Kalasar that she hasn't had with Sanchez. True. That we've seen on screen. So I feel like there's only one that man that should include, too. But, of course, the dramatic smash cut to Kalasar giving her flowers is yeah. also... Her doorbell rings, to be fair, and that's the cut to her opening the door and Colossar is here with flowers. And says, I, Colonel, it is I, Patrick Colossar. <laughs> I, I am the, here. He, this is like, initially I found him annoying. He has now been upgraded to lovable idiot. Yeah, he, yeah. he's a himbo. And Cotty's like, yeah, I could use a himbo. My job's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, he, he, he presents her flowers and she is confused. And she goes, what do you want? And he's like, I wanted to invite you to dinner, Colonel. And she's like, you understand that the very fabric of the world might change tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I love how she's like, there's this huge thing going on. You do understand. Don't you give that any thought? And his immediate reaction is, nope. That's what I have superior officers for. And you're the most superior officer I've ever seen. And he has just like (laughs) such an earnest look on his face when he says this. I love her. And then it cuts back to her. And she's just got this deadpan, confused look of, wow. And then you are stupid. 
I could go for stupid right now, though. <laughs> so it works. Uh, let, let me get dressed. <laughs> and, and he's just got like, yatta, victory. I, like I said, I'm really sad we never get to see their date this episode. So I have definitely come around on Colossar. He is such a lovable <laughs> idiot. He's such a dumbass. I love him. So we cut to Linear Train Corporation chairman's second home. I love that they specify it's his second home. Not giving his name. They have to go with his title. And Gary, whatever the hell, who is secretly <laughs> Ali Al Sanchez, is meeting with him and being like, ah, oh, Jan Ant's bugging you again. I could, you know, take care of him for you. And he's like, you know, murdering reporters tends to go poorly in the long <laughs> run. So no thanks. Anyway, I hear distribution of the machines is progressing smoothly. Seems like if Ali Al Sanchez is distributing the machines, which we'll find out is true. We should have maybe seen him in Antarctica. Yeah, or something. L- or, or dropping them off or doing literally anything other than just kind of being told that he's been involved in this. I can totally buy it, but it just seems very weird from a storytelling perspective that we didn't see it and are finding out now. I was also going to say, look at Laguna Harvey here. This guy has such a generic ass character design. I assume we're never going to see him again, but... Yeah, he's no Alejandro Corner, right? Yeah. That character model just comes off the rack. Also, his first name is Laguna. Come on, man. So Laguna Harvey is like, so what are you doing here, Alias Sanchez? And he's like, hey, can you get me assigned to one of those fancy mobile suits I just dropped off? And he's like, didn't I just get you assigned to the French Foreign Legion? And he's like, yeah, and I blew up a spider over it. He asks, can you give me one? And the guys and Laguna's response is no. Aren't you already in the French Foreign Legion? And he's like, yeah, but I used a fake name. And he's like, so why do you want to pilot one of these things so badly? And he's like, well, there's this fucking punk who hasn't really done anything to me, actually, (laughs) but I need revenge for that. Setsuna keeps getting in the way of his getting paid. That's true. I suppose that is true. He has probably caused financial distress to this evil blood person. I, th- I feel like he has caused financial irritation, not not even distress. Like, he's just moderately annoying. I, I missed my bonus because of that kid. <laughs> Although, um, what he says here of, like, I feel like mercenaries aren't going to be very in, in vogue or, you know, be able to command a good price in the future. So I want to do something where I can fight now. And Laguna's like, how much do you know exactly? And he's like, oh, it's just a gut feeling, but I'm right, because you just called it. So please <laughs> get me a fancy mobile suit. I do wonder how much exactly he knows. Where would he have learned anything is my problem. Yeah, I don't think he knows anything. I just think he is extrapolating a lot better than the average person. Well, no, it does make me wonder how much he actually knows, which is, generally speaking, pretty good writing of making you question just because like, obviously Alejandro Corner is like, how much is he going in? And they've explained it. And in his case, Alias Sanchez here, it's like, how much? Like, how how much behind the curtain has he been able to see? So Sanchez leaves the meeting pretty angry. So he probably didn't get what he wants. And cut to outside where there's a palm tree and Kinoe's just chilling there texting someone. I presume she was calling the building trying to get the interview. When she sees a sports car that's red coming out. And she's like, ooh. I wonder if there was a Char meeting Mr. Harvey. <laughs> and so she does the brilliant thing of jumping into traffic and stopping. Uh-oh, it's Alia Sanchez. And she goes up and it's like, hi. And he's like, ooh, how can I help you? Not as smooth as Patrick Collisar, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm a special news reporter. Can I ask you some questions? And he's like, oh, I don't mind answering questions, but I'm in a hurry. So you'll have to do it in the car. 
And Kinoe's like, this seems like a terrible idea. And he's like, well, if it's a terrible idea, don't do it. And she's like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> this can't possibly backfire. To some extent, I feel like she is running out of leads and she's basically jumping into any opportunity she can take. Obviously, not a great idea. but Yeah, yeah but I also think the fact that she's smart enough to be like, that's a bad idea. And then he's like, mm, if you're pressuring me, though. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing about that. The weak that will is... runs in the family, actually. <laughs> is the fact that Yes, she might be running out of leads, but at the same time, this is not a good idea. Like, even though you don't know this guy, that is also one of the reasons why this is not a good idea. So we cut to the highway where they are racing, and Ali Asaches is like, you're the first hot reporter I've met. And she's like, that's awkward as hell to say. Yep. (laughs) So anyway, were you meeting with Laguna Harvey? And he's like, I was in fact. And she's like, what about? And he's like, hmm, well, I guess you could say I'm in distribution. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I do some distribution. Uh, I met with him in order to show where they were going, and she's like, "What?" He directly the pri- the president. He's like, "It's very important private goods." And, he, and so Kinoe just straight they up are asked very him, large butt plugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kinoe just asked him, "Like, where did you get the lube for that?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, could you tell me what those private goods were? And he's like, "You're very pretty. You probably don't need these." <laughs> But they were GN drives. And she's like, are those train components? And he's like, no, they're engines for mobile suits, specifically Gundams. You know, like are on the news. You've heard of them. Let me twirl this. Mu- oh, I shaved my mustache. Fuck. I mean, like watching this brought up the immediate thought of like, why is he telling her all of this? But I, I knew where this was going. But at the same time, just watching this from the first time, is like, why is he telling her all of this? Like, is it just because he hasn't been paid for silence? I thought he was doing it for revenge, and then uh turns out, nope. Yeah, it seems like exposing Setsuda could put Celestial Being in some trouble that he could play that card, right? And it seems like that's what he's playing. And I think to some degree that makes the tension of the scene really work. But no, that's not the card he's playing. The no, card he's, he's playing is murder. <laughs> he's just venting, and he's not planning on letting her say anything, so she's safe to vent to. Yeah, You've activated by knife card. Anyway, one of their pilots is an ex-child soldier from Krugis. Well, really just a punk. And he's uh, like, anyway, the one who molded him into the soldier he is today was me. He's like, well, first he says, so yeah, someone abducted him, brainwashed him, trained him in combat, just made him like a guerrilla soldier, really fucked up his life. He can't even eat a hot dog without imagining everything around him exploding. And the person who did it was me. Fuck, my mustache is still shaved. <laughs> Now, so the thing is, Ollie is actually a very conscientious driver. He never takes his other hand off the wheel. So <laughs> and so she comes back with, you know, who are you really? And he says, well, it says chaotic evil right here on my character sheet. <laughs> well, Sacha turns to look at her and is like, you know, the major from Helsing ultimate from uh, Helsing. Yeah, I'm good friends with that guy. I love everything about war. Have you heard his speech? No, I've never watched a Helsing. Yeah, Helsing Ultimate, he has this entire speech about why he loves war. I've seen the Helsing abridged version of that speech, so... So Kinoe's like, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tuck and roll, Kinoe. Cut to Saji reaching his apartment. Be like, oh, my sister's on another business trip. Your week's about to get a lot worse, my friend. So we cut to night, and it's now Ali Asache's driving alone down the highway. 
And calls Laguna is like, hey, I murdered that reporter who was asking about you. <laughs> and Laguna's like, could, could you not? <laughs> he specifically says, that wasn't necessary. And then he says, I think it'll be good propaganda to get the support of the public. So, like, did he just, like, write, a Gundam did this on her corpse? <laughs> well, like, taking it and pin- someone pinning it on Celestial Being, but I don't know how he's going to control that. Celestial being murdered Kinoe. I guess we know that Harvey owns JNN, right? So I guess he could put the story down, but that's a bit of a logical leap. He owns part of it. He's a major stakeholder. That doesn't necessarily mean he owns the entire company. Anyway, we cut away from that back to Saji being depressed. Well, I mean, his sister is missing and his girlfriend is crippled. I, I don't think his sister is missing yet. I think he's like, oh, I was hoping to talk to my sister yeah. about this. Maybe ask her what I should do. She, well, she could be like, you dumbass, you hug her and you don't leave. Well, No, I, I say missing as in she's not currently not around. here. Yeah. He doesn't know where she is. Cut to where she is. Her cell phone broken, her purse rifled through, bleeding out in an alley. Not a good place to be. And she's like, oh, picture of dad that I saw that one time on a train. <laughs> Protect Saji for me. Blech. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah, but. it's very sad. But I've been thinking about this scene since we started doing Gundam Double O because Zach kept going, pretty sure Kinway dies next episode. <laughs> so it's like episode three. Yeah, that's accurate. So the rain falls down into the alley. Kinway stops moving and we don't get an eye catch. If only we all had the irrational confidence of Patrick Collisar. However, it's with that same irrational confidence that I'm going to announce that we just dropped episode two of the Monaco Magica movie reviews on our Patreon like less than a half hour ago as of the time of recording this. So that's cool. Um, Also, hey, thanks for listening to episode 20. We're like over a third way through Gundam 00 and I don't know. I I feel like we keep waffling on it because it keeps having very slow, slow points. But overall, I think I like the series and would recommend it. And we're like not even halfway through yet. So take that for what you will. So I did the plug early. So now we're done. That's it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Back to the episode. Roses. Meanwhile, in space. Union space. I wonder how they define territory above the Earth's surface like this. So we see a ship pulling at a dock, and I do like that it has, like, a nautical ship's steering wheel, which is really funny to me. It's clearly a space pleasure yacht. Yeah. (laughs) And on it, it's two rich assholes, Alejandro Corner and Ribbons Allmark. And Ribbons is like, you didn't have to come with me. And Alejandro's like, I want to see it for myself. My family has been wishing for this for a very long time. And Ribbons is like, why does your whole family have a generational grudge against Celestial Being? That doesn't really make any sense. It really doesn't. Like, I'm not entirely sure why this is. And he's like, yeah, my dad just really wanted to fuck with them. And I thought, that sounds fun. I can devote my life to that. <laughs> but as long as Veda existed, there was nothing we could do. I was actually going to say Aeolia Scheinenhannenberg. Actually, just like won a really good game of poker several generations ago, and he's trying to recover the family debt. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing with Celestial Being is purely Schenberg trying to collect on the debt from Corner. Uh, other way around. That's why Corner has a grudge, is because uh, Schenberg never paid them back. Ah, okay. Anyway, Alejandro Corner is like, then you, a beautiful Ribbons Allmark angel, descended from heaven and was like, hey, I think Veda's on the moon. <laughs> Man, that seems a little bit too convenient, almost like somebody planned it. Yeah, I was going to say, we've definitely been getting suspicions that Ribbons has planted himself in Corner's life somehow. And Corner's like, I never expected you'd find the main terminal. And Ribbons like, I'm just sorry it took so long. And Corner's like, Ribbons, you're my angel. (laughs) 
Just kind of did, a weird conversation did, overall. Did you save any of those butt plugs? <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the Mountain Dew Extreme Africa base, where the Trinity team is whining. Because, like, man, at first they would only give us hours, and we'd have to work, like, 80 hours a day, which isn't physically possible. And now they haven't scheduled us for, like, three weeks. And Michael's like, man, don't ask me. I, like Patrick Collisar, I'm no good at thinking, but I'm not cute, so I don't get dates <laughs> from it. I feel like it doesn't try to get dates from it. Haro starts calling him a moron. He's like, I will cut you, Haro. And Beyond's like, Michael, stop threatening the advanced military machinery. So, evidently, <laughs> Johan's pants are in the wash, so he has to borrow some of Nana's short shorts. What the hell is this look? What, what? is any of their looks? <laughs> Well, like, Michael's seems reasonable. Nana's, I could see. Johan's is just plain weird, because he's got, like, this tank top, or not tank top, like... Turtleneck. Turtleneck, long sleeve shirt, and then short shorts. Skin-tight bodysuit turtleneck. (laughs) This is an Ava plug suit he's wearing, and short shorts. (laughs) Ava on the top, professional biker on the bottom. Yeah, he just got back from cycling. (laughs) My immediate thought was, why is he borrowing Nana's shorts? I feel like he's always been in those. I don't think we've seen him in this outfit from the voice down. So he's like, hey, Laguna gave us a job. It's the same thing as usual, but he's giving us three days to prepare instead of three seconds. And Nana's like, finally. And then a wild Chen Li appears. And everyone's like, but Nani? How did you get through our security? And Michael's like, doesn't matter. I'm a kutcha. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> it's actually a pretty funny reaction. And Johan's like, Jesus Christ, do not just cut anything that appears in front of us. I knew I should have taken that stupid vibroblade away from you. And she's like, yeah, I'm Chen Li. I guess I should tell you officially that I'm Celestial being spy. I mean, I guess you could have intuited that. I've done all the spy stuff, but I should just make it official. Anyway, this is my Hong Long, Hong Long. (laughs) And Nana's like, mmm, yum. (laughs) And Michael's like, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. It's weird that they get jealous of each other. That's a yep. weird dynamic, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. To be fair, Nana gets jealous of Haro. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. And she's like, anyway, I came to say hi. And if you need a spy shit done, I'll do it for you. I think you guys are cool. I'm going to do spy shit for them, too. But I'm not like going to do spy shit against you guys. So they complain about the fact that the other Gundams attacked them. And so Chun-Li is like, ah, I'm neutral. I will work for everybody. I'm simply a follower of Iolia Shenberg's original ideals. Which were, we should have one team of reasonable crazy people and one team of batshit crazy people who just stir the pot. It's a two-branch system. And we should also have the spies and the observers of people who just like to watch. It's a perfect system. And make sure to give those observers veto power over everybody else. But only in unanimous but situations. Only in unanimous situation which i know will never happen and i'm just doing it so they'll argue because i'm pretty sure that'll be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so johan is like cool i trust that we can trust you if we need you and the other two are confused and she's like yep i can do that and i'm not gonna tell the other gundam boys where you are just like i'm not telling you about gundam meister i, I mean they don't have any secret bases <laughs> anyway okay thanks bye Michael's like, Johan, are you sure we should let them leave? I could still cut them. And Johan's <laughs> like, the more cards we play, the less people we have to cut. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Like, use all of the resources you have. And I got a laugh out of this. The Haro starts saying that Chun-Li is pretty, so Nana kicks it down the hallway. And Haro's just like, don't be jealous! <laughs> I am a robot. My aesthetic taste is very strange. <laughs> 
So cut to the Chun-Li mobile, where Hong Lan is like, are you sure we should, like, deal with these guys? They seem kind of crazy. And Chun-Li's like, well, like it or not, they're the ones who are triggering the change in the world. And I hate the world so much that if it refuses to change, I want to smash it. And they seem like, if I need to smash it, they seem like three pretty decent hammers. <laughs> also, now let me twirl my muscle. Oh, wait, I don't have one of those. Let I mean, me twirl I, my twin tail. <laughs> I wouldn't even necessarily say that Team Trinity is a particularly good set of hammers. I mean, the Gundam Meisters, the original, have had some problems, but all of their Gundams have always come back in one piece. Well, I mean, saving virtue when it turns into Nodley, but you know what I mean. Cut to the Ptolemaios, where the Gundam boys are back in town. And they all come up on the bridge together, like we're they're s- friends or something. As I say, Sumeragi's rocking out to Thin Lizzy, just rocking a sweet buzz. Well, in part because uh, Tieria came back at the same time, so he couldn't go to his hallway of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's his turn to be judged, because he goes right up to Sumeragi, he's like, give me my punishment for insubordination. And she goes, when did I, you do that? <laughs> I, I don't recall this ever happening. So <laughs> Tieria starts like trying to insist, like, I, that has to happen. And Lockhart just puts his hand on his shoulders, like, dude. Let it go. Is you're it, being I, forgiven. Don't worry about it. I know you have no chill, but you're trying new pronouns. So why don't you try one chill? <laughs> Just, you know, if you like it, you could go up to two chill. I, I'm curious. <laughs> has he been using the new pronoun this entire time? I don't know. I only noticed it during that one scene because Lock-On commented on it. So, yeah. And so Thierry is like, I don't know how to feel about this, but I will smile. So confusing Alleluia. Well, Alleluia is like, did you guys have character development without me? We're supposed to be a team. Come on, guys. <laughs> None of you are acting like it, so it's hard. it would be easy to believe otherwise. I love Lock-On's reaction of, ah, who knows if character development happened while you were gone. And so Christina's like, Sumeragi, hot boy, crazy boy, and crazy girl are on the move. What's their target felt? And she's like, yeah, it looks like a human reform league base in China. So we see the base starting to scramble. They even have tanks. I mean, it's a it's a cool uh, set of shots. They do show something with the mobile suits um, on this base that they haven't shown before, which I thought was really cool. They hunker down behind those shields. Oh, yeah. So Michael's like, hey, Johan, I'm kind of pissed about everything, and especially those three Gundams attacking us. So can I be a total asshole to them? And Johan's like, yeah, that should be fine. I like how it's like, it's in the mission parameters, basically. I love that shot of all of them, like, hunkered down behind their shield, firing up at them. These are actually some pretty decent action shots from the throne, too. Throneses. Of course, even with them all hunkered down, they're no match for the thrones, who slowly pick them off. It seems to take a little longer than normal, but... And a bit longer than what we normally, what we've seen of the other Gundam when they've gone into combat against them. I was actually going to say maybe Johan should just pull out the giant gun, and then he immediately suggests, well, let's just pull out the giant gun. It looks like they're going to Voltron, like all three of them are going (laughs) to plug into this giant gun for a second. It kind of does. But But then a giant beam comes at them, and they're like, fuck, not again! Is it Exia again? And Johan's like, no, unless there are ten Exias. (laughs) And these are the new mobile suits being powered by the aforementioned butt plugs. They are the GNXs. And they're like, they have GN particles. Are they also part of Celestial Being? It's an awful lot of guys. Okay, so pretty clearly it was Mr. Harvey who orchestrated this. And he did not tell these people that he was doing this? Of course not. Because he formed Team Trinity... In order to drive people to need these engines a lot more and a lot faster so that he could sell them. Yeah, I don't see why Trinity wouldn't be on board with that. 
They seem like they'd because be on board they're with. sacrificial lambs. They're not supposed to survive yeah. this. Tyler, if you have the choice, if you have Team Trinity as three employees, and you can either roll them forward into your new organization or liquidate them with <laughs> while you transition companies, which are you going to pick? Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely outsource them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure they're supposed to survive this mission. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Johan is actually like kind of a good tactician, so they do. So the human reform Chobu team is here in their GNX to convince offensive maneuvers, and Sergey is leading the charge. And With he's the like, new helmet. And he's like, "Hey, remember these babies are precious, so don't let them get wrecked." Also, the cockpits are Union style, so you can see our faces. That's kind of cool. We're not Tie Fighter pilots anymore. Attack! So we see some very cool moves of the GNXs doing spinning, a good trick to dodge all the threats <laughs> fire. Well, Nana complains about their mobility, which makes me wonder, are these mo- these new GNXs seem to be more mobile than Team Trinity's mobile suits? That is not the impression I got. My impression was that uh, Trinity is just not used to dealing with anything that can move remotely as well as a Gundam. Well, the thing is, like, previously, we've, we've seen Exia do stuff like this. So that was what was making me think that maybe these are these have mobility on par of, as Exia, and Exia is supposed to be the most mobile of the other Gundams. Yeah, at least I- it feels like it. I think the Zwei is probably more mobile than the GNXs, but neither the the Eins and the Drive both feel like they are not exactly made for spinning. A neat trick. And Sergei is like, wow, this performance is amazing. And I also have a oh, beam saber. Yeah, no, I totally miss that beam saber somehow. Yep. Especially because it, it goes into this beam saber clash with the... Is this the dry? It is the dry. The, no, the thing I noticed out of this is... Uh, the beam sabers are exactly the same? No, that Sergei kicks him. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. He, he does that right after this. I was about to... the clash. I was about to bring up the proof that Sergei is both a good mobile suit pilot and a char. Because <laughs> yeah, he just, like, roundhouse kicks Nana. Yeah, well, Nana has some, like, close-in missiles that she tries to shoot to break up the beam saber clash, which Sergei spins out of the way of and turns into a roundhouse kick. It's really cool. It is. And Michael's like, I have a crush on my sister, don't hurt her, and Soma's like, I am in this episode, too. And she's like, hey, remember when I dodged all your fangs in a fucking Tiarian? I have a real (laughs) mobile suit now. Now I can make them look just absolutely silly. And she proceeds to demolish all of them. She's like, I'm pretty sure I've been established as the best pilot in this series. Certainly the best pilot non-Gram Acre division. And this machine can actually keep up with my reaction speed. Now I know just how Zex Marquis felt in a tall geese. <laughs> also, I have beam Vulcans. <laughs> and Michael's like, don't you destroy my fans. And Johan's like, yeah, we're leaving. It's 10 on 3. Remember that time it was 3 on 3 and we had to do some shenanigans? Remember all that time it was a one-on-three and we fucking lost to a flag? <laughs> to a Virgo? <laughs> Virgo's a pretty decent mobile suit. Soma goes to chase them, but Sergei stops her, and she's like, why? And he's like, look at the base, and everybody's celebrating the first victory over Gundams. And they're like, yeah, get them! China's the best! I mean, it, they say it's the first time that they've actually won, but... They've actually had, well, I guess they've had Pyrrhic victories in the past. And most of those have been situations where people didn't see. And I guess those Pyrrhic victories were generally, we didn't die. Yes, I yeah, fought exactly. this thing one-on-one and didn't die. So anyway, someone's like, what are these emotions? I don't understand. He's like, they took so much damage. Why are they cheering? This is at best a C victory. <laughs> this is no SSS+. Plus. And Sergei's like, wow, I guess this really is the first time you've actually beaten a level. I'm just imagining Soma in her free time just, like, playing a speed running game of some sort. 
I imagine her doing Rubik's cubes, like speed running Rubik's cubes. That seems just boring enough for her, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's called speed cubing. It is. Anyway, Sergei's like, we won. Savor it, kid. The sweet taste of victory. Cut to the Ptolemaios where Sumeragi's like, yeah, it seems like Team Trinity ran the fuck away. And no one is entirely sure what had happened. Like, But Sumeragi brings up the fact that they deployed mobile suits with solar reactors. Which, were these guys on board the ship the entire, like, were they on the bridge the entire time this went down? So wouldn't they have access to most of the same information that she's getting? Maybe they were distracted. I Yeah, no, that's actually a pretty good point. They probably all should have known that already. Maybe she's making a logical leap. Or that, yeah. I, I was getting the feeling more along the lines of they were watching the actual, like, not straight feed, but like they heat were- Heat signatures. Heat signatures or just like radar signatures, stuff like that. Although you couldn't really read anything from that, right? Because of GM particles. Yeah, I guess that's true. Unless they have some way of doing it. So Setsuna is very stoic about it. Alejandro's like, that's impossible. And Tiaria is very logically, yes, that must have been what they took from Veda. Alleluia. But I, I'd Alejandro. Say, oh, uh, he, he's cornered the market on A-names. <laughs> Hallelujah's bruddy Alleluia. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Sumeragi says, quite bluntly, it's now going to be like Gundam fighting Gundam. And, and everybody is concerned because they're like, have you seen our pilots? They kind of suck. <laughs> uh, to be fair, they fought some Gundams and did okay. It's just flags you have to watch out. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where they have lost a few fights to clearly superior pilots. And now those superior pilots have access to tech as good as their own. And Setsuna's like, mm, this boat's ill. Cut the Chun-Li being like, the winds of change are blowing, Yugimoto. <laughs> I can actually enjoy my tea. Then cut to the moon. <laughs> Just the moon. Where a crater is opening up and the space yacht is landing inside. You got to be careful of that because you don't want to disturb the moon people. And Ribbons like, this way, Master Alejandro. So it, it was kind of established that Ribbons was like, I don't know where the terminal is. And now he just knows where he's going in here. Earlier, I think he's like, I found it. Okay, yeah, but like he knows exactly how to get in. So yeah, that's... Well, well, maybe I mean, it's a situa- it could have been a situation that he knew how to get in, but didn't know exactly where the thing was. Like, I could buy that. It's like, here's the impressively locked door. I also have orange glowy eyes, like Tiaria Erd. I noticed he's lacking a rival, so I got the contacts. <laughs> so he opens the door to, like, a fancy church-looking building in the moon. Well, it looks a little bit like a throne room here. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And Alejandro Quarter is like, ah, this is Veda. This is Aeolia Shehenberg. Clear floors. Zoom out to this like <laughs> fear thingy hanging underneath our f- clear floor. But as uh, Corner finishes that comment, we cut it or zoom into C- Ribbons's face, and he smirks. And I he keeps doing that, and I'm very concerned. Tyler, you had one too many S's on there. I'm sorry, Ribbons's again. Ribbons Allmark is a very minor character who just happens to be voiced by the original voice actor for Amaro Ray, <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good escalation. I was kind of surprised by how the fast the GNXs showed up, but I think it's a very good introduction for them. Yeah, no, I like this one overall. Like, the plot moved forward a lot. We got, like, some slow moments. We got some fast moments. We got a dead Kinue. Um, That's going to suck, I assume. Yeah, do we want to get straight into high points then, Tyler? Yeah, I'm trying to decide. <laughs> uh, okay, my high point is Patrick Kalsar. That's my high point. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> I mean, him showing up to invite the colonel on a date is probably the high point of the episode in my 
I'm not sure it actually is for me, but also it's really funny and it's just like so out of tone with the entire rest of the episode. I'm well, gonna... that, that whole sequence. I mean, and Cotty's like, don't you realize this is a little out of tone? And he's like, Saji and Louise have been getting away with it for ages and they're in a bad place now. We need a new Saji and Louise. I'll be Saji if you be my Louise. <laughs> What do you have for a high point, Zach, since Tyler stole yours from right under you? <laughs> I mean, I did I did give the spoiler warning that it was actually mine. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the GNXs showing up and chasing off Team Trinity. Because, like, just the way that's portrayed is, like, finally they're able to compete on, a, on an even footing. Yeah, like, it feels good for them to uh, finally drive off these assholes. Especially because we've been spending so much time with Sergei and Soma. Yeah. yeah the and ba- they are driving off specifically characters that we have basically been geared towards not liking. Yeah. The best thing about the druggies is that Sergei and Soma get to drive them away, right? And we're like, yeah, get those assholes, guys who are ostensibly the bad guys but clearly aren't. I was going to say, I think they're the first, it's, uh, they're the last ones that hadn't come into contact with them, but Sachez and Kalasar haven't actually dueled with the the trinities yet either it's it's all been graham i guess sachez and Proctor Kalasar were both destroyed from off screen by the thrones but yeah, but i, I mean <laughs> they, like they they've have... not fought them the yeah. way graham has yes let's see i think my high point is specifically going to be the soma dodging all the fangs and be like oh my reflexes my gundam tropes <laughs> <laughs> what about low point tyler Man, I don't know that I have a super great low point. I guess the UN announcement is, like, a little drawn on, and, like, while it's good to get a little bit more Marina, I don't know that that was, like, a super necessary scene. Zach, what's your low point? Uh, I think I have to give it to Alejandro and Ribbons. That scene of them initially leaving, because it draws way too long, and it's just such a weird conversation to go along with it. Like, Mainly, the problem is they show them leaving, and then they just take too long. You are my angel. My <laughs> anyway, mine is going to be the Ali Al Sanchez meeting with Laguna. I think yeah. the stuff with Kinoe after is good, but it's like I said, it's such a weird way to introduce the fact that Sanchez was in, uh, involved with butt plug distribution. All right, I know it's a little fast, but I think we should add the GNX to our mobile suit list. We have the Ogre GNX on the list at 31. I honestly don't like the GNXs very much. They get a good showing here, but I don't like the design. I kind of don't either. That weird, like, X harness they have. Like, I'm all for a bandolier. But this doesn't seem to have any real function. It's just kind of there to make, to try and, like, artificially bolt them up. Yeah, I was going to say I like the Ogre way better for sure. Going down quite a bit. I don't like them as much as I like the flag, honestly. I'm a little bit torn on that one. I'm no, not I think a... I, I think I agree. I don't, I don't like him as much as the flag. But I... of course, part of the, that might be Graham is great. <laughs> Graham is great, and he is an over flag. I actually think I prefer the GNX a little bit to the flag, but not, not strongly. I'm staring at the word enact, knowing it's a mobile suit, and trying to picture. Oh, uh, that's the A era uh, AU's flag. Oh with yeah, with a really stupid head. I do like the GNX more than the enact. I yeah. do too, because that is a really stupid head. Yeah, and I, I do too. I actually kind of like the GNX a little bit. So I think I like it more than the Amph, even though I do like the Amph's gimmick of I'm a shitty mobile suit. I think I like the Amph a bit more because I like that gimmick. I like that chin gun. <sighs> I think I like the gimmick more than I like the GNX, actually. So Okay, final question. As it often is, better or worse than the Gundam Altron Gian? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a Gundam Altron Gian. That is way better. <laughs> I think I, think I, I like, like the GNX more. more. <laughs> You're referring to the GNX, right, Zach? Yes. 
So the GNX goes at number 83 above the Gundam Altron GN and below the Ant. What do you feel like everything gets compared to the Altron? I feel like we're starting to get to the point where we have to compare every like subsequent mobile suit to the Altron GN just because it keeps coming up. So, I, it's just that it just happens to be in the middle of where we've put all the double O grunts. And like, obviously, I'm going to gravitate towards other double O grunts and other grunts when we're ranking them. But that's just in the middle of them. So like, what people, things just seem to gravitate there. Um, I was going to say we need to do a pilot roundup at some point because Tiger Wolf uh, is actually not great, but I like his mobile suit better than him. I like his dynamic with Shariar better than I must I pre- like him. most of the stuff in the series. Yeah. When it comes to wolves, I much prefer Buster to Tiger. <laughs> All right. MVP, Tyler. Um, I think my MVP this episode is going to be Soma, actually. She does some cool spins. She destroys Patrick a bunch of Colisar. things. Yeah, I mean... What, is that, he that, MVP or just like he made a good play? <laughs> that part legitimately made me smile. And at least for me, being someone who didn't really care for Patrick Collisar, really made me finish coming around on Patrick Collisar. <laughs> you were like, oh, I get why he's in every episode of Bill Tigers. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I was between Soma and someone else. I don't remember who that is, so Soma gets it. <laughs> By default. The other person didn't show up to the awards I, ceremony. I think it was Sergey, actually, because I like the like victory speech he gives her. I like the like concerned moment, but uh, I was gonna say also runner up for Keenaway. You tried. <laughs> Keenaway probably going to escape this season with no MVPs. Probably going to have fewer MVPs than the Prime Minister of Terivia. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is probably going to in part because like her part in the plot has been actually felt weaker than even Saji and Louise. Yeah, I was gonna say, weirdly, I feel like uh, Kinaway's role is, like, exposition, almost? Yeah, her role is to be related to Saji. It's to, like, have that news point of view. Um, <laughs> no, that news point of view. But we need to add another uh, tragic point to Saji's new backstory. Yeah, it's weird because we've talked a lot about how Saji and Louise don't feel like they quite fit. Kinue fits more, but is less important to the story. And yeah. that makes her feel like she fits less in a weird way. Do we have any other final thoughts on this episode? I think the end of the first season is pretty good, and we're finally in that. So, Yeah, no, I like this one fairly well. It, it had a good mix of stuff going on. All right, if that's all we have to say, it's a Gundam will return in Path of Destruction. evening, Colonel. It is I, Patrick Colasaur. What are you doing here, Lieutenant? It's simple, Colonel. I wanted to ask you out for dinner. <sighs> Lieutenant, the world is about to undergo a reformation that will change everything. Doesn't the thought of something like that give you any pause? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> 